Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, it's really, really simple. Either me, the guest, or both of us have experienced something for the very first time, and we're going to talk about it. Usually it's a movie, TV show, something like that. Um, And today, big surprise, no difference. Um, Joining me today is my part-time co-host, full-time wife, and uh, everybody's favorite, Nikki's back. (laughs) Everyone's favorite. It's a lie. Lie! No, I think uh, you're my favorite guest, at least. Aw, that's cute. Would you consider yourself a guest or like just a part-time co-host? At this point, part-time co-host. And then um, we are also joined by my our other part part-time co-host, our son and dog, Buddy Mo. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of sleeping in the corner, kind of crying. Yeah, so you'll probably hear faint um, sounds of cries or uh, grumbles or... Uh, yeah, he's very restless. Yeah, and you might hear his toes tip-tap across the floor or mm-hmm. uh, him groan or cough or... Hack. <laughs> like yeah. he does that. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you hear any strange noises, I'm not going to go through and edit them out. That's just part of our life. He's mm-hmm. here and uh, deal with it. It looks like he's falling asleep at the moment. Yeah, so. he's, in a, he's in a room with us, so we'll see. Oh, oh. he just moved his head. Yep, never Ugh. mind. So um, anyways, how's it going, Nikki? That's good. I've been working a lot. I'm tired. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you have any uh any fun, exciting news to share with the listeners? Speaking of working a lot. Oh, I'm a a, a part time assistant manager at the Capitol Theater. Is that what you're? Yeah. Alluding to. That's sort of exciting because you know, <laughs> movie wise, uh, it's cool to you know talk yeah. about a little bit. People know me through the theater. Think that I actually. That I am some kind of manager there. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but now you're legit. You have a title there. Yeah. I was a long time volunteer and now I um, I, I got um, promoted to yeah. a paying position. Yeah. So exciting. Congrats. Woo-hoo. I still have a full time job on top of that. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> quit your job, um, your day job. So, yeah. and your full time dog mom too. Yeah. So anyways, I guess we should get to today's topic. Um, Most of you have probably already seen what it is because you clicked on it, but I know some people just hit play and listen through. So um, I guess we will get into what we are going to talk about, which is everything, everywhere, all at once. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. Even the skills. 
universes. And you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. He's waiting in the wings. The universe. He speaks of senseless things. Is so much bigger you than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. There's no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here to this moment. Don't let anything distract you from it. Yeah, so there it is. There it is. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, let's see. I have uh, starring Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn Wang, our lead character. We have Stephanie Shu as Joy Wang slash slash um, Jobu Tupaki. And um, th- this, just as a heads up, I will be spoiling. We'll be spoiling everything yeah, about this. So, so uh, go you see it. Shouldn't I? I wouldn't listen to this before. Yeah, and I just sort of spoiled something there. So yeah, um, so go back and j- yeah, time. stop now. Pause. Go see it and then continue, please. Or go to a different multiverse where you've already seen it. Yeah. Um. We also have uh, Ki Kwan as Wayman Wang. We have James Hong as Gong Gong. Jamie Lee Curtis as Daydre. Um. Bierdra, it's Bierdra. It's it's complicated, and then um, Tally Metal as Becky, um, and of course, there are lots of other characters. But that's our main cast, written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, aka Daniels. We have music by Son Lux, cinematography by Larkin Siepel, edited by Paul Rogers, and released by A twenty four Studios. So. We saw this movie, we're recording Sunday night, right before this releases. Um, we saw it Thursday night, the opening sort of preview night. Um, the f- it went wide release a week before that, in, or limited release a week before that in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, the major uh, cities, and then got a wider release on would have been... What, April 8th, I think, is when we saw it? Or 7th? Uh, yeah, 7th, I think. 7th, yeah. Yeah, and so we had to drive about an hour and a half to Iowa City from where we are in Burlington to see it at Film Scene, which is like my favorite theater in the area. Um, they always do really cool things. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys. Uh, they had a special screening, which was really, really fun. So by chance, the band Sun Lux is a trio that um, composed the entire score for this movie. They ha- happened to be playing in Iowa City 
the following night, last Friday, at the Englert Theater for Mission Creek, the big music festival they have there. And film scene, as they always do, was like, oh, that's cool. They're going to be in the area. Let's bring them in and do a Q&A. So it was sort of interesting because they did the Q&A before the movie. Yeah, I wish you would have done it after. Yeah, and I thought maybe it was because like they were going to just do the Q&A and take off, but they stayed through the whole movie. So I thought, well, that was sort of weird because they could have done it afterwards. Because a lot of it was like when they're answering questions, like, well, without giving it away, it's like... We can't talk about anything because <laughs> we yeah. haven't seen the movie. I guess the the so. another reason they probably did that is they had an excuse. I mean, no one in the audience had questions to ask, and they right. didn't even open it to the audience because uh-huh. uh, they probably just well this way we can do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. So they had it moderated by the programmer. I forget his name already, but um, the programmer at Film Scene did a Q and A, and he had seen it before, so he knew what questions to ask and make it interesting. Um, but it was really cool. Um, I'll, I'll probably refer to some of their answers um, and things, they little notes they said throughout the episode, as I will with several video clips and articles I've read about this, because I sort of became obsessed with it um, leading up to it, and then. After seeing it, definitely. So I wanted to get um, as much information about this as possible. So maybe do you want to sort of briefly explain it? I mean, I have a synopsis oh here. I'll read. And then we can get uh, into get, the actual... Get into the plot. Yeah. So the synopsis that they had on IMDb is... An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. Um, so, it's, um, what's her husband's name, first off? Her husband is Waymond. Waymond. Okay, because I'm going to mention that. So, she's like, like a immigrant. Where from? An immigrant? Yeah. Where from? I don't know. Like China? Probably China, okay. yeah, I think. Yeah, Chinese immigrant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she moved to America with... Um, no, nah, I already forgot his name. I'm so bad at this. Wayman. Wayman. Okay. You can just say husband. Her husband. Um, she and they are running a laundromat, and they have a daughter named Joy, and she's kind of just miserable. <laughs> and she's regretting her life choices and um her dad didn't want her to get married to her husband and move to america um because he was a quote silly man and he's like if you marry him you're no longer my daughter and she um decided to marry him anyway move to america and it just wasn't as exciting as she thought it would be um so she's like, like, and she's really, she's really harsh on her husband, really ha- harsh on her daughter. Her, um, her husband wants to leave her. Her daughter hates her. Um, and she's just always bothered with like the what ifs in life. Like, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? Um, put, say something. No. Okay. Um, yeah. You, I saw your lips moving a no, little bit. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, she's she's come over here with for the American dream thinking it would be a glorious life and her and her husband are stuck running a failing laundromat uh-huh. and, and she has a lesbian daughter 
Um, oh yeah, that's another thing. And she's kind of just embarrassed by her daughter and is like tell her like tells her things like you're getting fat and just really too harsh on her daughter. Um and they're in trouble with the IRS. They oh I mean, I think there's a a lot of confusion like they don't understand the um taxes and all that stuff and the the evil irs ladies played by um jamie lee curtis and she's amazing and yeah like they're, hilarious. they're getting audited yes because yes, yes. um because evelyn has written off several things for the laundromat as business business expenses, expenses that are not and it's a little bit of things that are lost in translation but also mm -hmm. she feels they really are business things because they do sort of use some of the stuff like a karaoke machine mm -hmm. i think was the main thing that they were getting in trouble for and it's like something that she is using at the laundromat because she likes to sing mm -hmm. and uh yeah so go ahead um yeah jamie lee curtis then, is fucking awesome so it's kind of hard to explain how like her husband's acting weird um wayman and and it's like he's doing things like behind their backs like he's like like parkouring through the laundromat when no one's looking and stuff like that right and, and it's sort of cool <laughs> how they do it because like they they live upstairs from the laundromat and to preface preface this they are planning a birthday party for evelyn's very elderly father mm. um gong gong who's played by the amazing james hong who has like 500 film roles you might know him from wayne's world or big trouble in little china or literally fucking everything but um she's everything is her you can tell her life is driven by trying to please her father or not upset her father so mm -hmm. she wants everything about this party to be perfect they're planning a party for him um and so that's sort of where we kick off is like she's trying to she's her she doesn't want her daughter to bring her girlfriend to the party because that might upset grandpa that she find out that she's a lesbian um she knows that her father doesn't like her husband so he's got to get everything right she's got to cook all the right food she's inviting all the regulars at the laundromat she just wants this she basically really just wants to please her father which is sort of part of their culture like mm -hmm. we find out a little bit more later but yeah what's cool is like what nikki mentioned with the parkour thing is like is very subtle at first like they have these monitors so they can always watch the laundromat from home upstairs and it's barely playing in the background that we see Wayman sort of doing these like flips and, and rolling over laundry, like over the um, washers and dryers and stuff. And, and at first we're like, is, I guess, is that just what he does or? It's, it seems out of character because he's kind of like a funny, goofy guy. And then it's just like, I don't know. It's just like something's up. Right. And God, it's hard to explain what happens next when they're going to the meeting with the IRS lady. He's um, acting like almost like a secret agent. Right. They're in the elevator at the IRS building because they're going to try to settle up on their audit and try to explain all their... They have all the receipts spread out and they're, they're wheeling and they have to bring father with them. Um, they're in the elevator. He pops open an umbrella to cover the camera and he's suddenly a completely different person. Yeah. And um, like his kind of like accent kind of change like his tone of voice is like a different personality and he's telling her like oh if you want to like like 
all this craziness has happened. If you want to survive, you got to do this. She's like, what? What is wrong with you? Like, it's like, is yeah. this a joke? It's like, like, she doesn't like, obviously, like, if you did that to me, I'd be like, the fuck are you doing? Well, it's sort of funny because um, a few notes. One, after you saw this, you you mentioned like Terminator. And the first thing I thought was like, come with me if you want to live. And yeah. They're like, they're like, who the hell are you? What are you talking about? You know, and another thing. Shout out to former guest and listener, Matt Lamb. Um, he posted on Facebook after seeing this, like, sort of funny. He's like, wouldn't it be interesting to see a time travel or multiverse movie where the person that is, you know, like someone always travels back and talks to someone that's very important, which would be Evelyn here. What if that character would, every movie, the character or TV show or whatever it is, story, the character's always like, What's happening? This is crazy. I don't understand. What if the character was like, let's do this. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, then people were commenting. He, he posted on his Facebook and people were like, Bill and Ted, like they're all about oh. the time travel. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that does exist. Or, okay, yeah. But, but it's sort of funny because it, it is almost like a cliche. But um, yeah, go on. Um, it's ba- Yeah, basically like, go take a left, go to your IRS meeting or go to the end of the hall to the janitor's closet. Yeah, and... She decides to go to the IRS meeting and it's kind of like her husband's kind of like switching back and forth between who her husband is and who this other personality is. And it's kind of like, you're quite not sure who she's talking. She's not quite sure who she's talking to. Sometimes it's just like, what, what is going on? Weirdo. Yeah. He puts like an earpiece in her (laughs) ear. Yeah. Like a Bluetooth kind of speaker thing. Yeah. Or Bluetooth. It, yeah, like a, like a hands-free device, sort of, like yes. you would talk. Um, and he writes her, like, a note, like, if you want to do this, like, put your shoes on the wrong feet, um, and then what was Imagine it? Imagine yourself in the janitor's, janitor's closet. closet um, and then hit the blue button on the um, earpiece. earpiece. Um, and then she like they were like in the janitor's closet, like from the meeting, and um he's like telling her like I'm not your husband, I'm from a different uni or multiverse, multi- yeah. multiverse, and da 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 da, and I'm I'm gonna be really bad at this part because it's it's really complex. It's like you just have to watch it. Well, yeah, it's sort of the basic idea is like. I'm f- I'm not your husband. I am your husband if he would have made like a different one different choice because there's mm-hmm. thousands. I've seen thousands of Evelyn's and there's thousands of me and I'm from the multiverse that has figured out how to jump from multiverse to multiverse. We're the only ones yeah. that figured out how to jump. Yeah, you jump through the other version of yourself. Um, so that's what all these people are doing is like they're um, channeling themselves in different universes right their souls i guess yeah and the the, i think and you can correct me because it is very complicated but it seems like he's basically saying like i'm here because and again sort of Mm terminator-esque um is like our daughter joy in another universe has figured out how to jump through and she's creating this we thought what we thought was a black hole but it's sucking the entire all of the multiverses mm-hmm. through and she's just going to end time basically mm-hmm. like destroy not just her universe but all things like she's basically a god that will end everything and we you're the only person that can stop this version of evelyn is the only version that can 
stop that. And of course she's like, she grew up, you know, she's, she's runs a laundromat and has, you know, she's miserable with her life. And it's sort of funny because he's explaining this big epic, you know, story, like you need to come with me. You are responsible for saving the world. And she's like, too busy today. I got taxes and I got to run the laundromat too busy. And it's so fucking funny. The, I love the idea of like, I mean, it's, it goes back to way back before, but I, it's like a John McClane. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like we're making this sounds very serious, but it's comical at the same time. That's what, yeah. And this movie, the balance between comedy, drama, um, science fiction, uh, it's, I mean, it's just unreal. Like how Daniels and, and, if you haven't seen Daniel's first movie, uh, Swiss Army Man, I've talked about it on this show with Spen- my friend Spencer Laux. Uh, one of our favorite, Nikki has a tattoo on her, on her arm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our favorite films of the last 10 years, and this one is another. I mean, these guys are just killing it. Um, and what sort of bums me out is that the timing-wise, it came out, and we're on the tail end of like, spider-man no way home uh-huh. and everybody's like i don't want another multiverse movie or you know it's done and oh, it's like no. but they've they did it this was filmed like two years this was filmed like 2019 it was supposed to it got delayed they the last day of filming was when everything shut down due to COVID, obviously so this was actually supposed to come out it was filmed well before spider-man it was filmed well before um the multiverse stuff for uh marvel they were doing all this before and i don't i think when you're explaining it to someone it's like oh that's just been done but it's not at all like spider-man yeah um but kind of go back to like him saying like this evelyn's the one that that can save it the you know the universe and she's like why me and he's he's kind of like it's incredible you this version of you you wasted all your potential and <laughs> it's like it's like so insulting it's like it's like you made like all the wrong choices. Like you just, um, you like make all these plans and you never fulfill them. <laughs> and she's like, like, how dare you? Um, but that's kind of like a big part of a, the plot. A message, yeah. A message where it's like, um, she starts when she's able to access different versions of herself to see what potential she has and where her life could have been. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we can jump all over. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. And like he's this, um, version of her husband is just like, Oh, in my like world, like you're like, I think she's like a leader or something. Um, but well, we, kind of get back to the IRS meeting and Jamie Lee Curtis characters is kind of like really, really strict. And she's like, Oh, you have until like 6 PM till to give me all this paperwork or something like that. Yeah. She's a ball buster and mm-hmm. Evelyn keeps spacing out because she's jumping back and forth. And the Jamie Lee Curtis plays in a very, very um, ball busting strict IRS um, agent, I guess you'd say, or mm-hmm. clerk. And, She's like, you know, I've I've seen everything I've done at all. Like, you know, you're no different. And eventually, I think it's Wayman who eventually talks her into extending it, like saying, you know, my my wife is very spacey. Um, 
I think something is just being lost in translation um, because she thinks, and what was interesting, it wasn't until after I saw the movie and thought about it, like all the things like the um, karaoke machine, all the stuff, and again, jumping around, but part of the story where all these different, he goes, she confuses hobbies for businesses. Mm-hmm. These are all the different multiverse versions. She was a singer in one. She was, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's, it's very. It's uh, kind of like she has all these talents kind of like i feel like a lot of us go through these it's like you kind of get an ideal for a hobby and you just never quite fulfill it and it's kind of like what what if i like i don't know i played flute in the high school band what if i kept playing flute maybe i would have been like right and <laughs> some jazz band i don't know <laughs> yeah like it didn't hit me until like after the movie i was like oh all these things that she was picking up as hobbies like in her in the thousands of different versions of Evelyn that we see in this movie, um, she does like all these things professionally, basically. Mm-hmm. Like she has a carry machine. There's a version of Evelyn that's a professional like opera singer. Um, you know, I mean, there's when I try to tell people like, you know, there's a version of her that does this or that, like the way they Daniels explore this um, in the story and visually, there's a stick figure version of Evelyn. There's a, pinata version there is a rock (laughs) version of evelyn there is an animated version there's a singer she's a movie star um it's just like things that normal people in a normal movie would never think about like the rock thing was Mm -hmm. was mind-blowing but um it's so cool just because it's like there's infinite versions of you and and this wayman who traveled back in time who is basically the uh, kyle reese of the story relating to terminator he's the one that comes back and is like you know you need i need to you need to come with me um he talks about how he's seen like the thousands of evelyns and this is the one that you know needs but it's sort of cool because they can jump through these and it's like in this instance i need to fight so i can jump through and find the evelyn who trained her whole entire life in kung fu Mm -hmm. and use and she can gain those skills or professional wrestling or a singer, or anything. Like, yeah, the like the one that's Kung Fu, like, that's from a de- decision where she didn't marry her husband, and she didn't move to America, and then, like, on the street, she got mugged, so that inspired her to get into Kung Fu, <laughs> and then she became an, a famous, like, actress, and she, <laughs> at one point, she's like, oh, I saw my life if I would have never married you, and it's beautiful. Like, yeah. It's so mean. Well, there's times where she's, like, you know, and and I think it's relatable, you know, she's in these other worlds where she's, like, a famous actress, and she's like, this is great. I don't want to go back. Right. And Wayman's like, don't be tempted by these, because just be, it might be glamorous, but you still have problems there, and we need you here yeah. right now, mm-hmm. because... uh and that and what's really cool again we talked about how this is like science fiction comedy romance it's also a, the crazy the best action movie i've seen in the last 20 years holy shit it's a i mean back to the storyline when they're in the irs office um the multiverse wayman is like you will need to fight when it comes time and you will know when so they're at the elevators leaving to go finish their taxes and come back at 6 and she thinks Wayman's told her that um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is like the villain, and so she's walking up to them, and she thinks, "Oh, it's time to fight." Uh-huh. And she punches her in the nose, and then she realizes, and then it's back to her <laughs> husband. Wait, and he's like, "What the? F- what? What did you just do? Why'd you do that?" Mm-hmm. In a really heartbreaking moment, like 
he wrote the instructions on the back of their divorce papers. Yeah. And so they're confusing as to, he, she's like, he's like, or she's like, I saw what you wrote on there th- talking to multiverse Wayman. Her husband's like thinking she means I saw the divorce papers mm-hmm. and they're having, it's fantastic because they're having this dialogue back and forth thinking the other one's talking about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fitting. And then eventually she does see it and she's like, you're leaving me. And he's like, you know, we're not happy. Like, you know, I, I know that can be best for, but anyways, it leads into, you know, they call the security and suddenly multiverse Wayman's back and he is, we get our first fight scene and he, this Wayman is a fucking badass like ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what's kind of like, it doesn't get explained right away to like channel these other versions of yourself you have to do something so weird a so, jumping point or a jumping point point or so, pad or something is what they call it yeah so like before he starts fighting he just eats a like a tube of chapstick yeah and what's <laughs> and like you said they don't explain it which is so great because there's this tense moment where the security guards come out of the elevator and now we know that it's the multiverse wayman and he slowly he has his fanny pack because he's a very dorky um sort of nerdy weird guy funny Mm -hmm. quirky dork he's wearing this leather fanny pack and he pulls a stick of like cherry chapstick out of it and slowly (laughs) rotates it in the the way it's filmed is very tense it gets all the way to the end and security guards are like what the fuck's this guy doing it's sort of that old thing is like when you're being attacked just get naked and scream at someone because they won't know (laughs) so he's doing that and then he eats the whole stick of chapstick and he's chewing and they're like why is he eating and then he hits the button Mm -hmm. and he jumps and now he's badass like Ninja Waymond. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, I mean, at this point, you're kind of figuring it out, but you're not quite. There's still a lot of questions. And um, and then she's like getting taught, like, you have to do weird things too. And then hit the button. So she, I, I can't remember. Like he had to give himself like four paper cuts and yeah it's like you can never get you can't give yourself a paper cut on purpose right you can't yeah it's it's <laughs> tough stuff to, like that yeah yeah so there's the jumping points are just all really weird um no, not normal things that you have to do and then hit the button and mm-hmm. um and we don't have to go like through the whole entire story but there's right. a point where um there's a couple of really funny ones but um there's a point where she is to tell Jamie Lee Curtis's character that she loves her, but she has to mean it. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's like the ultimate badass in this movie. Um, her multiverse version of Jamie Lee Curtis is like this super villain that can destroy everything and run through walls and tear down doors. And, uh, she's basically like the boss. And, uh, there's a point where, yeah, she, Evelyn is supposed to tell her, you love her, but she has to mean it. And she's having, she keeps telling her, I love you. I love you. I love you. But she's not meaning it. So mm-hmm. she can't jump. And eventually she, she does like a wrong jump and ends up in a wrong multiverse that she's not supposed to be in and stuff. But, um, the fight sequences in this are just insane. Like that first opening one with Wayman against the security guards and the, it's a fanny pack massacre. Right. <laughs> so cool. Like the way they film it and the way it's choreographed is just, mind bending and it's like if this was if if even if the story wasn't where it was the action alone is awesome mm-hmm. but it, that's what's so great about this is that 
it's the funniest movie I've seen in 10 years. It's also the most action-packed and coolest like choreographed fight scenes I've seen in the last 30 years. And it's just the most heartwarming movie I've seen in 20 years. It's like everything is the, the total package is unbelievable. Oh, I should also add like in the very beginning where it's showing the family um, their daughter Joy is putting googly eyes on things. Yeah. Trying to be funny. And Evelyn doesn't think it's funny. When this I mean googly eyes is kind of a a theme throughout this. Um, and I'm gonna jump ahead. Go the, ahead. I guess explain why I think the googly eyes googly eyes matters is because like in the very beginning Evelyn did not find the humor in it. And towards the end, it's like she's all about it. She's like, nothing matters. Hell yeah, googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, a very important kind of theme. Like, there's a lot of good morals or lessons. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, moral no. lessons. Moral lessons, things to take from this. Yeah, and we won't go through the whole story, but mm-hmm. basically, um, Evelyn is constantly jumping back and forth from different multiverses to use the skills that she has in that multiverse against um, not only Jamie Lee Curtis, who's sort of like the boss baddie, but also all these other characters within the movie in the IRS building that are coming after her, whether security guards. Um, Another funny point, uh, jumping point is these two security guards who must stick um, these giant butt plugs up their ass to <laughs> jump. And um, they're actually like IRS uh, trophies that Jamie Lee Curtis, her character has. Yeah, they, they're but shaped, they're shaped butt, butt plugs. So these two, <laughs> these two security guards are fiercely trying to jump on them and get them up their ass so they can jump to their multiverse where they are fighters. Um, yeah, just wild shit. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a point where, like I said, they uh, jump in their both Evelyn and Joy are rocks and they have a really deep, deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all over the place, but I think throughout this, they're constantly trying to stop Joy and then she's struggling because she wants to save her daughter still. I mean, because she's a mother and she still wants to save her and she loves her daughter and she wants, she basically a multiverse, multiverse version of her dad is like, you know, you need to kill her. And what the multiverse Wayman's like, you need to kill her your daughter to save all of mankind. And she's like, no, I can still save my daughter and save mankind. Right. She's like, I'm going to, like, what did they call it? Like a evil spirit or something that's possessed their daughter. Right. Kind of. Um, she's like, I can save my daughter and defeat this evil spirit from destroying the universe. Yeah. So, um, so there's like a sort of big scene where she meets like, because her daughter joy ends up being like even like if if jamie lee curtis's character was like the boss this is like the final boss like her joy mm-hmm. there's a scene where she's i mean there's she, the multi-versions of her are all super badass but there's like one in this white multi-universe that's like all ivory and she's a god pretty much and she's created this like they talked about it like a black hole but it's actually an everything bagel mm-hmm. and when they mean everything bagel they don't mean sesame seeds poppy seeds they show that it's like literally everything from like dog hair to mm-hmm. um i think they showed like late slips uh parking tickets like <laughs> yeah. just ran i mean the the way the daniels do this is just so crazy because they think of things you know and it's like literally has it's sucking through everything because it's ending like all of time so pretty much like with joy being kind of like the villain um this is like 
the whole like a whole metaphor for like joy's she has a lot of sad feelings caused by her mother and um and it's um evelyn's taking responsibility for it it's like i'm not going to kill my daughter i'm going to fix like her sadness or something um and and really what it is in the big picture is like evelyn experienced a lot of um that kind of um treatment from her father and like generational trauma she treated her daughter she's very harsh on her daughter um and it's kind of like i need to end the abusive cycle of you know just being so harsh i, I am i making sense yeah you're yeah like kind of giving me looks no i'm not even <laughs> i'm not I haven't even looked over it yet but i i, I get what you're i know what mm-hmm, you're saying like she's um she's projecting her own childhood trauma from her father leaving her and never being good enough for her father onto yeah. her daughter yeah and now she's realizing in this um major epic sort of um oh shit moment that she's realizing what she's doing and how she needs to fix it right away if she wants to save the world but mm-hmm. she also needs to it, it's something as simple as fixing a relationship with your daughter but also saving the world right and it when it comes down to it they're the same thing in this movie sort of mm-hmm. like it's the message is like even the small problems are you know big can end up big and you need to resolve them and yeah yeah and um she finds like through this journey even like the life she has where she's a celebrity she misses her husband um i mean in that world they never got married but she she finds herself just regretting not marrying him right which is sort of (laughs) is which is really i thought was really cool and that was like in that she keeps jumping back to that one because she thinks this is like the ideal better life Mm -hmm. that i had and it's sort of like you know you she's living through this fantasy like this is this is what i could have been and then she's at like a movie premiere and she runs into wayman if he didn't marry her and it's like i haven't seen you in so long oh my gosh remember when we were in love they were in love this is when like her dad said an ultimatum like either choose me or him Mm -hmm. and in this multiverse she chose her father and so he went on and and in her mind the whole time also the audience is thinking like oh then poor wayman must have not made anything for himself well so he's even more successful than her in this Mm -hmm. multiverse and suddenly she realizes like oh like Maybe I dragged him down too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't like because she's always blamed her lack of success on Wayman. Like I, I didn't listen to my dad. I went with this guy, and now my life's miserable because of him. And she's treated him like dirt because of that. Because she's always blamed her problems on him, and then she realizes, oh, it's not just him. Like uh-huh. he's he's talented and he has um, desires and skills too, and he's made sacrifices to make make ends meet too and it's like she suddenly has a realization like oh maybe i'm just not like i'm not as good of a person as i i guess is the message is like you know maybe i'm not treating the people in my life 
as well as I should be. But like also it's like I can, you know, I could stop blaming all my failures on everybody else and just start turning my life around. It's like it's I can make the best out of what situation I got myself into. Um, and like in the very beginning, like her family just like. No, her husband wanted to leave her and divorce her and her daughter was barely came around because she couldn't stand being around her mom, Evelyn. Um, But it's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of a bit like a lessons, like kind of like stop thinking about the what ifs because you need to appreciate what you have now. Right. There's always a lot of what ifs, but those worlds aren't perfect either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, throughout this, there's a bunch of absolutely wild, crazy, like fight scenes, kung fu stuff. Um, and the way the choreographed is not like John Wick. It's like an old Hong Kong kung fu movie that you'd see in the 70s, which is really, really unique and cool. Um, and the humor is really so funny. I've, I mean, I've mentioned it a million times, but basically in the end, um, Evelyn goes through the everything bagel and you think, oh shit, like she's gone. There's no saving her. But through like the message of the movie, like Evelyn pulls her back out, saves her. They go back to the universe, the multiverse where they own the uh, laundromat. And she sort of like, has a realization to everybody like i'm sorry i've been a bad person like i've been a bad wife i've been a bad mother like i still think she she has like a moment with joy where she's about to leave and just she's like you know you you are you should eat healthier and you are fat and and you know whatever (laughs) but like i love you no matter what and i'm proud of you and i and she also stood up to her father like yeah this is joy's girlfriend yeah it's just kind of like and also like how could you like just disown me that quickly and stuff like that? It's right. kind of like faces. She says what she's been holding back for yeah. all those years, and it's a lot. And kind of like I, I think she kind of blamed herself for how her father treated her, and because she tried so hard for his approval, and it's just kind of like, no, dad's kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> and I deserved better, and I'm gonna let him know. You know, and she even has like a moment. There, there's a moment towards the end where she like goes nuts and like doesn't she? She attacks Jamie Lee Curtis and she like busts out a window of the. Oh yeah, because they're going to like repossess. Yeah, they come. Jamie Lee Curtis, the character, comes and it's sort of funny because in all the multiverses besides one, um, which I will get to after this, but. Um, she's sort of like the villain in all of them where she's like, you know, whether she's a badass like fighter, like killer almost mm-hmm. in, in some of them in, in the normal v- multiverse where she owns the laundromat, she's like an evil tax person, but she's she's coming to repossess the laundromat and she physically fights back and then obviously she ends up coming too and realizing what she's done and apologizes and Waymond who seems to save the day over and over again somehow sweet talks her into like giving them more time giving them more time yeah 
And she's and Evans was like, "How did you do that?" He's like, "I talked to them. You think I'm like weak? Like, like you? It's like you need to give me more credit for what I can, well, you know, what I'm capable of." Right. It's like you just think I'm an idiot, don't you? Just like it's just a lot of, you know, just kind of personal drama. But what I see. yeah, but what I alluded to earlier, there's a multiverse that they go back to several times that is just almost like a comedy mm. relief where everybody's hands their fingers are hot dogs yeah and jamie lee curtis's character is like in love with evelyn in that one yeah they're and they're like a couple yeah they're and, like married or something yeah and she plays the piano with her feet in a big like <laughs> sort of weirdly sexy like montage it's and there's some kind of thing with that it's like even in a world where our, um fingers are hot dogs we managed to play the piano with our feet like there was a we could like accomplish things differently right. i don't yeah, know yeah. like there's a there's message, a, there's a and message for that yeah <laughs> yeah and it's there's this movie that always plays on the tv in the laundromat and um there's a sort of funny moment where in that multiverse like the couple in that movie they also have hot dog fingers everybody mm-hmm. does there's also some regulars that are at the laundromat that reappear throughout the movie there is um a character that she refers to as big nose mm-hmm. um who's sort of like a stuck up snobby woman with, um, a, little with dog. a little dog and in the movie uh in the other multiverse she knows how to fight and she uses the dog as like a nunchucks it's played by jenny slate very funny um there's also uh a regular biff whiff who if you've watched um i think you should leave plays a weird character is like santa claus in one of the sketches in season two, he's <laughs> yeah. like a regular and she sort of Evelyn throughout the movie sees him as like an annoyance and sort of hates him. And then she finds like the good in him realizing like he's just lonely because his wife passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a really intense moment in one of the fight scenes where Evelyn has to get through and try to save joy. And there's just like this lineup of all these characters that she has to defeat. And she defeats them with like kindness where she sprays that guy with the perfume that she wears that he, that her oh, yeah. that his wife used to wear and she just does like she she kills them literally with kindness with like the moves that she knows she's doing nice things for them mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah it, it kind of also like a message i fully believe in she's kind of like at the end she's like nothing really matters yeah <laughs> so just enjoy your fucking life yeah <laughs> it's like it's it's all we're all just like the universe is so big and we're so tiny. You yeah. Know, just stop stop taking yourself so seriously and enjoy googly eyes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That it's really hard. To, I feel like I just really like I know in my head what the movie was about and all the messages, but it's hard to get it through my head and out my mouth yeah it's hard to explain it's hard to explain just see it yeah just see it (laughs) so i have a little bit of trivia but um let's take a quick break here from the prescribed film podcast network um and then come back you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. 
visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, and we are back. So um, I have quite a bit of trivia, but I won't go too long on it because we've been talking a lot about this movie. But um, some stuff I found truly fascinating about this after reading and watching a ton of videos on YouTube. Um, the stunt coordinators, um, chore- choreographers, um, are actually Andy and Brian Lay- Lee, Lay, who are known better as the Marshall Club. So when Daniels started writing and coming up with this idea for the movie, they really wanted sort of that crazy 70s kung fu style fight scenes where like people can sort of float and they can fly and do things that humans in real life can't do. Um, And so they called around and they tried to find some people who might be able to do that. And they were basically running into dead ends, people saying like, we no one does that anymore that's just not the style so they went on youtube and they found um andy and brian and the the marshall club and they had just there was basically these two young guys who created these youtube videos of them really doing choreographed fights like those old style movies and they reached out and they said we're making this movie here's what we're looking for would this be something you'd be into and they're like yeah duh like we just make youtube videos and so when they talk to them, it's like, what kind of training have you had? It turns out these guys have never had a single like martial arts, karate, any, th- any type of class. They basically were just huge movie nerds who loved, grew up watching kung fu movies. And they would pause them and watch exactly how all these actors would do these moves. And they self-taught themselves to the point where it was almost like parkour, where they were like just practicing this. And they're like we should be putting this somewhere and they put it on YouTube and I watched some interviews with them and it was basically like their parents were like, you need to go to school to be like a lawyer or a doctor or something. <laughs> and they're like, this is, we want to dedicate our life to martial arts and their parents were really disappointed, but now they're like big time um, movie stunt guys. Cause they also did the um, Marvel movie Shang Chi mm-hmm. after this um, because of this movie. So um, the Dan- so Daniels saw their potential, got them to do this movie, and now they're in high demand. They're getting like too much work. So really, really cool story. Um, because I I follow um, Dan Shineart is on Twitter. I think I don't think Dan Quan is, but um, I'm like amazed that you can't just like it was hard to find right well yeah yeah, no one really was using it in movies anymore so but um daniel shiner on twitter posted about them an article that entertainment weekly did on these on andy and brian and was basically like we love that we found these guys because um the because daniels didn't learn traditionally they didn't go to film school they they basically watched youtube videos on how to make movies and how to edit movies and and do things and they're self-taught and they're like, well, why wouldn't, you know, we do the same thing for our martial arts? Like, you mm-hmm. know, so this whole movie is like handcrafted. Like everybody's just learning on the spot. And when we saw Sun Lux in Iowa City, they even talked about that. And they were like, we didn't really have much experience as far as like creating film music. And they said Daniels were like even on set helping with sound design, like they're hands on with everything in the movie. Um, and 
they said it was sort of cool, like they were creating music for each multiverse. And I just can't imagine like there's so much behind that. Like everything in this movie has so much planning and thought that went into it, but it's also all like DIY handcrafted. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll dig through some of this IMDb trivia um, to keep the plot details under wraps before the trailer was released. The official IMDb synopsis read a woman tries to do her taxes. So that's what the, the, which, yeah, I mean, it is when it comes down to it, the most simple um, description of this movie. Um, In Evelyn's reality, where she's a movie star, real life footage is used from Michelle Yeoh's Yeoh on the red carpet, including for Crazy Rich Asians. Oh. She's a star in that. So, um, Ki Kwan, who we talked about, her husband, um, you might recognize him from the Goonies and the Indiana Jones movies. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him in this because this is his first movie in over 20 years. And he's done some interviews and stuff explaining what happened. And basically, like most kid stars, um, he was really cute and he had all these kid roles. And then when he became a older teenager into his early 20s, especially at the time now we're we're getting slightly better but there were no roles for like middle-aged asian men mm-hmm. besides like the typical bullshit of like villains or whatever very stereotypical racist right. stuff <laughs> and he was not he's not a big strong guy that would play a villain or he, he's mm-hmm. very um quirky and funny and he's still very much data from the goonies i mean you can mm-hmm. see it right away um and so what happened was he he's like you know now I got to figure out what I want to do. I still want to be involved in film. So he went to film school and became a stunt choreographer, sort of like uh, what the the guys we were just talking about, Andy and Brian. But he went and like formally learned how to do it. And he worked on a lot of films, including like X-Men and a few others. Um, but flash forward, which is crazy, in 2018, he goes and sees Crazy Rich Asians. And he's like, Oh, like finally Hollywood's accepting Asian actors. And he said he got FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And he called up a friend who he knew that was representing actors. And he's like, do you think you could get my name back out there? I might be interested in acting again. This movie showed up on his now new agent's desk and he had the role two weeks after he decided to get back in acting. It's just crazy. He saw Crazy Rich Asians, which stars our lead, his wife, who ends up being his wife in this movie. Can you imagine, like, watching a movie and being like, oh, it's cool. Like, Asians can do this now. Like, they're more widely accepted. I think I might try to get back, put my foot back in the door, get in acting, and now you're you're co-starring with the woman that inspired you Uh as a lead in this movie. It's incredible. Um, Just such a cool story. And he's fantastic. I was watching like an entertainment weekly video of him and Jamie Lee Curtis, the whole cast basically and Daniels um, at South by Southwest for their world premiere. And he was saying he was so, so, so nervous. He got like an acting coach, um, a voice coach. He got all kinds of people to prepare him for this. Um, And he was acting. He's like, I'm standing next to Michelle Yeoh and I'm standing next to Jamie Lee Curtis. And he just, he's like looking around like, I can't believe it. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, you're doing great. You are a legend too. Like don't, mm-hmm. don't act like you're not somebody like you're not equals. Worthy of being right. Here. You're equals to us. So stop thinking about that. And he said like his acting coach taught him like four different versions of Waymond. He said the one that 
we know in the real world that owns the laundromat is he channeled a squirrel to play that character. <laughs> so he had like animals for each one uh-huh. too. It's crazy. Like the squirrel was that one. I forget the other ones, but like it's really fascinating to hear him talk about his, the method he used to channel the different versions of that character and how much work went into that. Really, really cool. Um, and, and we're, we're lucky to have him back. I see, I think this is just the beginning of his major comeback. Mm-hmm. Of course, now everybody's like, he said he would do another Indiana Jones movie. And it's like, you asked him and he said yes. Like, yeah. Anyways. Um, no, I recognized him. Like, I was trying to think, I'm like, how do I know him? And then um, I kind of thought, like, I think that's the same guy from Goonies. Um, but then I was, I didn't know he was gone for so long. I was thinking, like, what other movies has he been in? Like, I feel like I haven't seen him in anything else. Yeah, I <laughs> looked turns up, out I'm not crazy. It's no, true. I looked up his IMDb and I was like, oh, there's a big gap there. And then I watched all these videos and it was a big, really big deal that he was coming back. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody's sort of celebrating his return because he was such a huge part of our childhood. Like mm-hmm. 80s, 90s kids. This guy was, you know, the like data was like the lo- only one of the most lovable characters in Goonies and so great. in, in those those movies and um yeah really really cool um what else do i got when joy approaches evelyn in the forest her weapon cycles through multiple variations for a split second she can be seen holding an oscar which is really cool (laughs) like there's a scene where they're gonna fight in the forest and like she's holding a weapon and it cycles like like almost like a video game like through a hundred different things really cool um the main actor was originally planned for Jackie Chan in this movie, but the directors gender swapped the role for Michelle Yeoh, and it worked out even better. Hmm. I love Jackie Chan. Yeah, but this—I think this is so much better. Yeah, I like, mean, she's the I... ultimate like um, anti-hero, like so, like a re- regular every like Jackie Chan. At this point, we all know could actually be a hero. Right, and I feel like. Maybe just his big star power would kind of just take over the movie. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, oh, a Jackie Chan movie. It'd just be a Jackie Chan movie. Right. <laughs> right. I love that, like, most of these actors, not not unknowns, but, like, not household names. And it's a whole, uh-huh. like, 90% Asian cast, which is just so cool. Right. And, like... God, I'm trying to be careful what I said. Careful what I say. It's just like not every Asian movie needs Jackie Chan. Right. I don't yeah. like no, not I get every what you're not every Asian role needs to be fulfilled by Jackie Chan. Right. So, yeah. In the scenes <laughs> where Evelyn, as a movie star, is conversing with Wayman, the dialogue, story, cinematography, color grading, and choppy slow motion effects are references to Wong Kai Wah films, in particular, In the Mood for Love. So, like, in this multiverse of where they, Wayman and, and uh, Evelyn are actors, um, the way it's edited and shot is really unique, and I was like, I don't, is this because it's almost, like, dreamlike? But apparently it's a reference to um, to uh, Wong Kai Wah films, so that's sort of cool. Oh, okay. I, I'm not familiar, but I love that they're throwing in, like, little references like that. Um, and then after Michelle Yeoh acquires ultra-strong pinky fingers, 
she's which is funny in the movie like there's a point where she flexes them and they have like a bicep on them Mm -hmm. she's like doing push-ups with her pinkies um after she acquires ultra strong pinky fingers she hits one attacker causing them to fly upward the sound effect used is from the game super smash brothers when achieving a critical (laughs) hit such as when jigglypuff falls asleep causing victims to fly far off the game map so they're just putting little fun references in this for like everything and everybody they're pulling sounds and stuff from everywhere just so cool mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's a there's a scene where she's like killing people with her pinkies because in that multiverse she's trained and used and is learned to use just what what's it say like everything's a weapon i think is something yeah. like the one in that multiverse and so she she's doing push-ups with just pinkies and she can break boards with pinkies and yeah, it's just so cool. But there's, and I might have to just put it in the show link or, or in the show notes or put it a link on, on our socials or something, but there's just this really, really fantastic interview with, like I said, the cast and crew with uh, Daniels and everybody is just so passionate. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like the brightest light in the world. Like she on and offset. There's a part where, um, Key Kwan is talk he tells a story that they they shot like 90% of this movie in an abandoned office building mm-hmm. um which ends up being like the IRS building in the movie um so what happened is they they were going to rent this to shoot the film it ended up being like the business that was in it is going under so they just basically like let them control the whole entire building um so they turned some of the offices that weren't being used into like trailers so the actors were using the empty offices as trailers okay so right next to um key kwan was supposed to be jamie lee curtis's dressing room and he noticed every time when he would be in his dressing room he'd look over there and she she wouldn't be there and he's like why is she never in her dressing room so he asked her next next time he saw her why aren't you in your dressing room and she's like if I'm not shooting, I'm on set because I want to learn. And there's no, like this movie, I'm learning all new things. I've never been on a movie set like this and you have to constantly be learning. And so after that, like everybody was like on set all the time. Like Mm. no one went back to her dressing room because Jamie Lee Curtis is at this point in her career, she's done everything and she still wants to be on set and learn. Didn't she is the one that was on, like did the stunt where she's on wires and stuff. She's like, I want to do... Yeah, yeah. She yeah, always like, wanted to be on wires and do yeah. the stunt, so she asked like, to I w- actually do yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, can I do my own stunt for this one? <laughs> like, There's a scene, yeah, where she jumps down this bear's, like, this staircase and is doing, like, a karate kick to Evelyn, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's Joy might be with her and Wayman, but, yeah, even she's doing her own stunts and stuff, and it's just so cool, this video, just because they're all just loving on each other and... uh so cool just the the passion that goes into this type of thing you can see it on the screen they've been working on this for several years like sun lux when they were doing the q a said that when they got the script they thought they were missing pages because it jumps all over the place yeah and so they contact them like i think we got like an unfinished screenplay and they're like no that's when they jump like multiverses and they're like oh okay and I then can't imagine reading it no and they were saying like <laughs> on set michelle uh Yo was telling um, Stephanie Shu, who plays her daughter, like she kept telling her, like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what, what I'm doing. I don't. And she was doubting herself. 
And then Daniel's like talked to her and they saw, and they said they had to like record a video and put it somewhere. I'd be curious to see it. She had her screenplay, like the physical printed copy of it that she was using. And they said she had a flagging system where it was like pink and blue flags on the top, yellow and green on the right and something on the bottom. And she was mapping out like everything so that she would Mm -hmm. have a different version of herself. And and she plays it like she's telling them, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but they said she was like the most professional um, planned out, like amazing person for this movie and just affirmed, like we made the Mm -hmm. right choice. Like she studied this and just further uh, validation of why it's so hard to explain what this movie is. But like when you're watching, I felt like, as I'm watching it, I understood everything. Right. I just can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. It's just something you have to see. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, when we, when the lights like came on, I like looked over at you and you said, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And not just like recently, like seriously. I've been on a kind of like having a hard time finding anything new to like so that's a big compliment because like i you saw the new batman movie i couldn't i couldn't even pay attention and stuff like that yeah and this is one where it's so good we were like i want to drive out of town and see it again yeah it will make you laugh and cry in the same Mm -hmm. minute it's just so i can't people it's funny because i went into this with very high expectations after seeing a trailer and being a huge fan of their first film Swiss Army Man, um, and getting this was getting so much hype from South by Southwest, and you know, 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody's loving it. And I'm like, God, I hope I don't like kill it for myself by going and expecting the world and not living up to that hype. And somehow it has exceeded it, like well beyond exceeded mm-hmm. it. Like I just can't explain to you guys if you somehow made it this far and you haven't seen it and I've spoiled everything for you still go see it because we cannot with words explain this movie. Yeah. Like a week before you, like I was at work and you sent me like a a message, like you want to go see this next week. And I kind of, I think I don't remember if I watched the whole trailer. You're like, it's the same people who did Swiss army man. I'm like, Oh sure. And then like before we went, I'm like, I don't remember what movie we're going to go see. And then you told me, I'm like, Oh yeah, that one. So like I went in totally, almost totally just blind. Yeah. Blind. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm sure I'll like it. If it's by those guys, is it guys or guy guys, Daniel's guys. Guy. Okay. <laughs> guys. Um, it's like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do next. Ah. Yeah. So and they, it was really sweet. In this video I watched, they said this is the first time that they are like, con- like they were happy with the end result. Like when they've made movies in the past, they're always like, well, next one's going to be the one where we're happy with the final cut and what we come out with. And this one is the first time where they're like, we're very proud of what's coming out and we're very happy to finally let people see it. Mm-hmm. Um, just really cool and, and a funny little story one more before we say goodbye um, when they were in this office building and they were all using these um, offices as dressing rooms Jamie Lee Curtis um, said that she was in hers and she like saw this really cool retro chair in her dressing room and flipped it over and I forget the name of it but it was like some retro really high-end like sort of art deco chairs from like the 60s 
And so she got a hold of whoever was owned the building and was like, would you guys be interested in selling some of these chairs? And they're like, let me check. And they're like, yeah, they got back to her. Yeah, we'd be interested. How many would you like? And she's like, as many as you would sell me. <laughs> and she bought almost like a hundred chairs from this building. And they're all, she bought them for like, a, she didn't say how much, like a flat price. And these chairs are like a thousand dollars each on eBay. And oh Jamie God. Lee Curtis is flipping chairs. <laughs> She's just selling, reselling them? Yeah. I was going to say, what's she going to do with all those chairs? <laughs> Resell them? Yeah. She's like, these are old vintage chairs that are really hard to find. Like, I'm just going to buy them in bulk. And they're just sort of joking like, Jamie, you don't need the money. She's like, right. But they're sitting there. They're going to get trashed. <laughs> like, when we're done filming, they're just going to bulldoze this building down. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and these chairs are going to be destroyed. Like, no one knows how valuable they are. So she saved them all. So. Crazy. Yeah. Just sort mm-hmm. of funny. Um got any more trivia i don't think so do you want to play the what if game what's that oh like what if i would have never picked up buddy from the shelter where would we be now sleeping (laughs) less stressed and have a lot more money no we sad we wouldn't even know we were sad we wouldn't even know we were i don't want to know how i you know i don't even care i don't care if i would be better off i love my buddy I love my buddy too. Um, what if we would have never met? What if you would have not taken the job at ShopGo? Yeah, if I would have actually, if they would have run my background check at Blockbuster and I would have actually worked there, I might not have ever met you. Probably would never have met you and never would have met John. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who knows? I might You'd probably be, be with some skank with like ten kids. I could be like a famous famous actor. Now. No, you probably like be probably like find some woman and just have tons of babies with her i'd still be in my mom's basement with all these toys oh probably most likely yeah where would i be who cares (laughs) jeez in a ditch somewhere (laughs) wow i'm just kidding who knows Mm. i probably professional Mm. flute flute player yeah i'd be a playing jazz flute in um chicago so speaking of, that's one more thing I forgot to mention. Um, when we were attended this Q and A with Sun Lux, um, they Daniels called them and said, "We love your music. We'd like you to compose this and explain the story or whatever." And they start doing it, and the studio came to them and said, "You should make a make a wish list of all the artists, like." dream big think of any artist you would like to collaborate with and we will reach out and try to get them on this score and soundtrack for you and they wrote down some like of their friends and other bands that they've toured with and stuff and their manager the a24 came back and was like no like anybody dream big anybody who's living literally Mm -hmm. anybody and they came back and they're like uh david byrne and maybe like andre 3000 from outcast yeah jokingly and they reached out and they got David Byrne and Andre 3000. <laughs> and they, Andre hasn't done any new music in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like Outcast did like two reunion shows, but he has sort of led a private life for the last 10 years. So they reach out to him and they're like, would you be interested? And he said, well, I've dedicated the last seven years of my life learning jazz flute mm-hmm. <laughs> and playing um, these instruments that are made, speci- custom instruments that are made specifically for me from like other countries. And they're like, you won't believe it, but we're making it like a multiverse movie 
and that would be absolutely perfect. So Andre 3000 plays the jazz flute on the score for everything, everywhere, yes. all at once. And David Byrne helped write some of the songs. Um, just incredible stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, how the world comes together. Like that, that alone could sell the movie to you. Andre 3000 is playing jazz flute on the score. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. What the fuck? That could have been me. Yeah, you could have been. Yeah, but it's it just like been me. But I married you. <laughs> All right. Well, me, I, with Andre, we could have been duetting. No, on the jazz flutes. Whatever. <laughs> on this movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's getting late enough that we're getting loopy. Um. So, do you have any final words before? Um. Googly eyes. Yeah. Everything bagel. Everything bagel. Yeah. So, um, love this movie. Long live Daniels. I I think they've wrecked the rest of the year in movies for me. There will never... I mean, I, I can't imagine there will be anything this year that will not even come close to it, will not top it. This is going to be my favorite movie for the last... I mean, we've watched it. We watched it Thursday at Sunday. I have not probably gone an hour unless I'm sleeping without thinking about it. Mm. I've told everybody that will listen to my voice. You won't shut up. No, I won't. I was, I'm, I'm just telling random strangers on the street. Have you, you got to see this movie. And they're all like, who, who are, are you? you? Yeah. And- <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> but seriously, I fucking love this. I hope it does well. Um, we need to support films like this because this is what, you know, in a, in a world where we have remakes, sequels, prequels, franchises big tent pole summer um superhero movies which all have their place but this is the type of movie that should be keeping theaters open and cinema alive mm-hmm. um and god bless the daniels for creating their their crazy minds for creating something like this and bless everyone who agreed to do it and what a perfect storm of a movie i fucking love it i'm i'm going to get a tattoo of it somewhere cuz i have movie tattoos all over me so it's worthy of a tattoo on yeah, my body. I almost want to get a tattoo of it. Oh my God, we get matching tattoos. We're not doing that. No. <laughs> You're anti me today. Jeez. No. Anyway, yes. did, did, you, did you have any final thoughts before we say goodbye? I said googly eyes. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast.